Ryan Wade. And I'm Chris, returning once more. And this is the Expanded Universe Comlink, your home for responses to all things Star Wars Legends. And as you hear, we are joined once again by Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you today, Brian? I am great. It's a wonderful Sunday afternoon. I've been been lounging around the house all day and, uh, you know, doing some Star Wars stuff. And now we're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. So, uh, first things first, we're, uh, we're going to do some responses to um, the Crystal Star. And we have we have uh, two responses. I I kind of called a couple of them for um for not being for not being uh, specific enough, but that's okay. Uh, so our first response is from Autumn Greer, and she she gave us some some pretty good questions. So uh, I'm uh, we'll, we'll just bounce back and forth on these questions. <laughs> so uh, I'll do the first one. Okay. Uh, she asks, "Is it ever okay to punch a human supremacist in the face?" Seriously, though, if you couldn't be human, yes. which spe- sentient species from the Star Wars universe would you like to be? Uh, first of all, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's always yeah, it's always it's, okay it's always to punch okay. human supremacists in the face. <laughs> uh, though, if I couldn't be a human, uh, which sentient species? Um, well, I remember. Okay, this is real retro, but back when the Star Wars Galaxy MMO launched. Uh, Okay, I think they've changed it to where Darth Maul's race is called something different now. But at the time, it was called a Zabrak, which are st- I still think are my favorite aesthetically. I think is, they're pretty. Is he awesome. not a Zabrak anymore? Uh, okay, I was watching the Clone Wars cartoon, and they're like part of like twin races. They're like part of a twin race with the Night Sisters or something, and they're. I think they call them something other than Zabrak. I don't know. It- <laughs> I, I I have not studied the lore of this carefully enough. Last time oh, no, I checked, yeah, okay. he was a Zabrak. I, 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 I did some research. Turns out he he is still a Zabrak, but what they what they probably called them were the Knight Brothers, uh, which are um, they 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 live in subservience to the Knight Sisters. Okay, there you go. But yeah, I always thought they were the coolest. But in the game. Uh, like every race had certain penalties and bonuses associated with all of their stats, except for Wookiees. Wookiees just had bonuses to everything; they were just automatically good at everything. So yeah. I ended up going with them because they're just they're just better. <laughs> um, and uh, you nailed it for me. Uh, I would one hundred percent be a Wookie. Oh heck yeah! Because uh, Wookiees are awesome. Wookiees are big, awesome. big furry, cool guys, and they have cool. Uh, they, they live on an awesome planet where they uh, they climb on on trees with their awesome claws, as we discussed in the uh, the episode about Heir to the Empire. Knights of the Old Republic also stats out cyborgs as a separate race from humans, okay. and I would definitely be a cyborg if that was enough. Yeah, you could just be a human but better. I mean, I'd be yeah, a chiss <laughs> cyborg. Could I be a chiss cyborg? That would be the best. I. Yes, you can be a chiss, I suppose. <laughs> I still think the chiss are cool, Brian. I... <laughs> I've, I've been stunned into silence. Uh, okay, so Wookiee for you then? Yes, 100%. Okay. Okay, so, so next, uh, her next, uh, Autumn's next question then was... It is obvious that both of you know your Star Wars universe really well. If you were on Star Wars Jeopardy, Jeopardy what would your ideal category be? One that you could really run the board on? 
Okay, so there's two different ways that we can go with this. We could either go like as an in in universe, like if we were on in universe Star Wars Jeopardy, or if we were on like uh just like our universe Star Wars Jeopardy, where yeah. we just know things about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's definitely two different answers for that because for me. Uh, if this is if this is the we are living on Earth and doing a doing knowing trivia about Star Wars, like it is probably Revenge of the Sith for me. Oh yeah, okay. um, I think I've I think I've said this on this podcast before, but I saw that movie thirteen times in the theater, um, and I know a lot about that movie as as a result, and also like the surrounding media uh, because again an- another thing that I've said multiple times, the Revenge of the Sith novelization is my favorite Star Wars book. Yep, I've heard a few quotes from it now. They, it seems quite impressive. Yes, it's very good. Okay, so in uh, okay, well, no, I wanted to hear your other one. So, in if we're talking in universe in Star oh, Wars gosh. history, what would be what's the what's the uh, the topic or period that you know the most about? Um, probably the uh, gosh, this is <laughs> this is a much harder question. Um. <laughs> I would probably have to go with the again like the the prequel era like the the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like uh, because of the time when I was deepest into Star Wars, like uh, coming out coming coming into the like all the prequel books coming out, like I've read like a bunch of those, so I know a lot. I I, I would know a lot about that time period. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I have watched a lot of the the Clone Wars cartoon now. Yeah. There are several, like, really nitty-gritty, like, political episodes in that one. Yes, there are. <laughs> so I do feel like I understand a lot about how the Republic Senate works now. Yeah, so maybe, maybe that would be your thing, is specifically, like, uh, the Senate of Senate affairs of the Old Republic? I think, honestly, like, still, it's, well, I don't know. See, at one point I would have just said, like, the, the post-battle, the, the post, um battle of indoor period because mm-hmm. yeah, like that's that like was I my said, initial thought but i was like i don't know if that's necessarily true for me yeah the i feel like that's the one i've read the most of but uh i i feel like i'd be out like I, i'm a little rusty on my research there mm-hmm. um it might still might still be it though it might still be it um in terms of if there was a real life jeopardy game and i was really on jeopardy uh Freaking heck! <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard question, right? I mean, this this question's about reality. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> nah, pass. Reality's lame. <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I probably I probably know more about the prequels specifically because I mean. Okay, the sort of Jeopardy questions you would get about the original trilogy are going to be, like, real hardcore superfan things about, like, obscure details about production or something. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, like that sort of stuff is interesting to me, but I just don't have it all memorized. If you're going to ask me in terms of, like, the universe narratives and stuff, I could probably hit almost everything in that category. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, very hard question, and good question, Autumn. Um, so then we've got one final question from her. Uh, she says, since the Sith rule of two is no longer necessary, what do you think is an ideal number of, number of Sith Lords in the galaxy? And I've actually been thinking about this question since I read it. Um, <laughs> because uh, the easy and initial answer was zero. Like, 
we don't I was need also thinking plausibly zero. Yeah, but then the Jedi running unchecked, like, are kidnapping kids and being weirdos <laughs> all over the galaxy. I mean, I'm not sure if murdering a bunch of people is the best way to deal with, like, um, like uh, structural bureaucracy problems. No, I mean, you're probably right, but there has there has to be more to the answer than just zero, right? <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, like, maybe just, like, one to every... okay. What is what is the space version of like a state or a province? Like maybe one <laughs> one per space province, so that they can so, stay so far enough away from each other. There's some sort of golden other. ratio. What yeah. if it's like a ratio of like uh, Sith to Jedi? <laughs> so rather than just they're just being two Sith and however many Jedi they are, what if there's like one Sith per like 100 Jedi? See, because I I feel like the real end. Like personally, I think that the answer to this question is just um, Sith are going like. They're just going to get killed eventually, because yeah. Sith are constantly—they're constantly Conan the Barbarianing themselves. <laughs> Their entire modus operandi is doing things that people are going to want to murder them in revenge for. That is very true, and like someone—it's going to happen eventually. As we've le- as we learned from uh, uh, Darth Plagueis, you got to sleep sometime. That's true, and yeah, Conan eventually, eventually and, you sleep and eventually. Your apprentice murders you. Yes, or or Space Conan comes up and stabs you. It, it's gonna yeah. happen. I mean, because it, evil it, is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, um, I think you're trying to bait Jeremy Greer with that quote, uh, that reverse Spaceballs quote. <laughs> I cannot believe that Jeremy hasn't seen Spaceballs. That's I know so it's weird. really shameful. I, um, I, we'll get into our uh, our sub our sub uh, topic here. Uh, Twitter tw- Twitter rereads. Um, I saw a tweet where Autumn was talking about how Jeremy hadn't seen Spaceballs, and he claims that he has seen he has probably seen most of it over the years in bits and pieces. That doesn't count, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> go see Spaceballs. Uh, uh, also, watch the Star Wars movies if you haven't. Like, it's it's just weird. I don't know. Spaceballs was the first Mel Brooks movie I saw. I assume it's the first Spaceball. I, I assume it's the first Mel Brooks movie that a lot of kids from our generation saw. Yeah, most likely. It's like because it's very you know there's there's a lot of Star Wars. It's like the most relatable to their experiences. Yeah. And like uh, what 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 kid our age was like super hyped about like Young Frankenstein or Dracula uh, Dead and Loving It. I actually did really like Young Frankenstein. We had no, that no me too, just but like just like on on its face like. Yeah, you see yeah. Young Frankenstein, you're like, eh, but then you see Spaceballs, you're like, ooh, that looks like Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I will say, yeah, Young Frankenstein has a lot more jokes that go over the head of of young kids than, uh, <laughs> than Spaceballs does. Spaceballs is pitched uh, pretty pretty low and friendly the whole time, yeah, for sure. Though I do really um, the merchandising bit, the merchandising merchandising where the real money from the movies made. I think that's still one of my favorite Mel Brooks jokes. That's just really yeah, good. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> Spaceballs, a flamethrower, so great. But yeah, so that's our uh, that's that 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 ends our topic. Uh, Twitter rereads, <laughs> and we'll move on to our second bit of feedback, which is from Taylor Ward, who uh, uh, contacted me via, contacted me via email. Um, <clears throat> and Taylor says, "I think I've read every EU book ever written and half the comics." 
I'm so glad I found your podcast to keep reminding me that it's not all lost to the new canon. You, you oh, should get this guy like on the video. show. You should get this guy yeah. on the show, Brian, because uh, he's way more of an expert than I am then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm going to reach out to him. Um, but yeah, and he also he also sent a link to a video that I will put in the show notes. Um, I think a constant uh, <clears throat> a constant that comes up on this show is how dumb Star Wars names are. And this video is about <laughs> dumb Star Wars names, and it's very funny. It is pretty humorous. You, you should probably put it in your show notes. Yeah, I absolutely e- even will. if it is a little bit of an easy joke. <laughs> and um, okay, I did want to bring up this video. Yeah, uh, well, b- funny. B- before you say this, mm-hmm. uh, I just want to say uh, if you haven't watched the video yet, pause this podcast, go watch the video. It's like three minutes long. Yeah, and then come back and get our hot takes on it. Well, they make fun of a lot of uh, made-up bad Star Wars names. They miss the chance to make fun of the actually worst Star Wars name. Okay, right, which is? I was watching the Clone Wars cartoon the other day, and we just brought up the, the Knight Brothers and Sisters and shit. Anyway, the point is, is that there is a character who named Savage Oppress. I am dead <laughs> serious. Yep. There is a Darth Maul clone... Voiced by uh, freaking Clancy Brown, like best Lex Luthor ever. Like his name is Savage Oppress. I am not joking. It is extremely <laughs> the worst. Uh, Chris. Uh huh. Have you? Do you know what the relation is with Savage Oppress? The relation with. Do you know that he is Darth Maul's brother? Yes, yeah, yeah. He's Darth okay. Maul's brother and, like, becomes Dooku's, uh, becomes Dooku's, like, substitute apprentice and stuff. Yes. Before he gets, he sucks and gets unceremoniously killed. <laughs> and his name I, is Savage Opress, sure god damn it. it. really funny. <laughs> yeah. His name is Savage Opress and he's Darth Maul's brother. <laughs> I, I have liked a lot of the Clone Wars cartoon I've seen, but that one I was just like, what, what is this? <laughs> It's so it's so ridiculous because it keeps a pretty high standard of quality for a lot of the show, and then you just hit this ridiculous plotline in here. <laughs> I was like, my god, is 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 real bad? It's real bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there 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 are a lot of very funny names in that video uh, because it's real easy to make fun of Star Wars names for being bad because mm-hmm. they're just jumbles most of the time. Yep. Uh, and and also as we established in Autumn's episode, incidental things in the universe can also be, uh, have dumb names, such as jizz. That, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a thing. Yep, jizz and their whalers, <laughs> and its whalers, I guess. Okay, did I mention that? Okay, I don't want to repeat myself. Did I mention on last week's episode when, like, as soon as you were gonna tell? Out of that, I was like, "Oh my god, you have to tell her about jizz." <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. You either you either mentioned it on the episode or you told me before the episode. Yeah, I'm forgetting about conversations we had on mic or when we were like talking off mic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, either way, it was very funny. It was so good, so good. Um, but yeah, so uh, that that kind kind of concludes our responses. Um, so why don't we get into a little bit of your Star Wars history? Okay, uh, I kind of talked about this in the main episode. My Star Wars history is is weird. It's it's I I feel like for for a long time, I I would kind of uh, joke that like I'm the one person I know that actually likes Star Wars, even though everyone <laughs> likes Star Wars, but no one likes. For a long time, everyone liked Star Wars, but no one actually liked Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. 
It, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, and I always, I never talked to anyone who like also liked it still. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I remember renting the VHSs of the original trilogy at a blockbuster with my dad, uh, before I moved away from Houston. And I was like real young. I was like six or seven then. So I always had them like floating around in my head as like a cool thing that I really liked. But I never, like, saw the original trilogy in theaters again or anything. I mean, I don't think it ran on TV a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the them ever running on television. I mean, I think even, like, wasn't it kind of a thing where, like, it was even hard to get them on, like, home video uh, when they when they were first, when they first came out? Because I remember, I remember hearing that, like, uh, George Lucas would just kind of say, like, look, if you want to see these movies, go see them in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I I think they got they got like a laser disc release that is like mm-hmm. supposed to be high quality, but like I mean, I, no one had a laser disc player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, the the laser disc release is actually uh, I believe the video basis for the despecialized editions of the movie of the original trilogy. Yeah, which I did rewatch recently. Uh, my my wife has those DVD versions. Oh, and very nice. It, they are really good. Like, uh, yeah. it's really impressive to watch those again. Um, but yeah, like I, I, like I had the original trilogy floating around in my little kid head, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like the thing. And Mm -hmm. then when, uh, like, uh, episode one came out when I was nine and like, there was a bunch of marketing stuff around it. Like, you know, they were putting star Wars crap out all over the place. And I I I remember, I can't remember what the movie was, but I remember people were buying tickets to go see the trailer to episode one. Um, wasn't it like, wasn't it Dreamcatcher with the Stephen King movie? Or am I thinking was, it, I, was that the preview for the Matrix? <laughs> I, I I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't remember what movie it was, but I do remember it being like a kind of a phenomenon where you would hear about people buying their tickets to go see the episode one trailer and then yeah. just walking out before the movie started. Yeah, it's like the Zone of the Enders of movies. <laughs> That's um, good. But yeah, like, uh, I watched episode one and I was really into it. Like I was nine and I, apparently this, I, I don't think it's that weird because it seems like there are a lot of, like a lot of the stuff, a lot of Star Wars now is based, uh, for years was based on the prequel trilogy. So I think the, that's that story that you always hear about like kids walking into it and being like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, I think that might've been overblown a little bit. Yeah. I think it's a little <laughs> bit like it, it's, it's a, it's overblown and B it's just like people like being performatively mad about star Wars on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it's all people of our generation who <laughs> want to like, not seem like someone who could have ever possibly had a bad opinion. Yeah. <laughs> And so, God it, forbid that they liked the Phantom Menace when they were ten years old. It is important to have all the right opinions online. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I professionally have all the wrong opinions. It's what I do. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, as as uh, as you described yourself to me once, uh, the Doctor Thunder of people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, when I got out of Episode One, I went to see it with my dad, and like, I don't remember how he reacted to it, but I was so hyped. Like, yeah. Okay, the climax of episode one is also like really kick ass. If you're a nine yeah, year the, old, the whole, that the whole lightsaber battle, lightsaber duel, so great. is amazing. It's so good. I yeah. really love it. I, I, I will brook no arguments about the quality of that fight. There have been a lot of like you know rewriting history, being like, oh, it's so flashy. It looks so silly. They're jumping around. And they're like, shut up. 
That lightsaber <laughs> fight is amazing. I really like it. Yep. Uh, the other components, the climax, aren't quite as good, but you know they're they're fine. Um, but yeah, I really like that one. And like, and uh, I mentioned in the main episode after that was when I I tried to pick up one of the EU novels, The Crystal Star. Yes. And is totally nothing like this. It is not a fun <laughs> adventure story. It is. It is not what ten-year-old Chris was looking for out of more Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, like I was reading a bunch of novels at the time. Like I'm pretty sure I was reading Animorphs and stuff too, which might actually be more fucked up now that I think about it. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just it wasn't what I was looking for for more Star Wars. So I don't I don't remember doing a lot. I, I don't think I was like super into a lot of the expanded universe between episodes one and two. Okay. Um, I remember that they advertised the Gendy Tartakovsky clone wars on Cartoon Network. And I remember watching that and being pretty hyped about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, uh, that was leading up to episode three, actually, that that happened. Was it? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting my timeline messed up. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, that, that, uh, was that, that, later. that clone war series is one of my favorite star Wars things that's ever been created. So, Oh, it's so good. It's, it's real good. Yes. Uh, it's sad that Tartakovsky does like Hotel Transylvanian crap now, because like, <laughs> isn't he? Is there's a new Samurai Jack se- season? Isn't he doing that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess that's true. I just haven't seen it yet. He's a real good animation <laughs> I also director, seen though. It. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'm I'm not remembering like a whole lot of stuff. I Star Wars stuff I checked out between episodes one and two. Um, maybe Jedi Outcast. I think I might have played like because wait, when did Kotor come out? Do we have a date oh, when KOTOR gosh. came out? That was... It was like in the... Like, I want to say it was like 2004, around in that range. Wow, I thought it was earlier than that. Uh, 2003. So I was close. Okay, that's still after episode 2. Yes, yeah, episode, after, after episode 2 Episode 2 is 2002. 2002. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think I might. I think I might have just like let my my Star Wars love like lie fallow between episodes mm-hmm. one and two for a little while there. Um, but then episode two came out, and like, okay, episode two I liked at the time, but like that movie's awful. It's the it's a billion times worse than episode one. It's so bad. Uh, but at the time, I mean, you know, you, you want to get into an argument, Chris? Uh, did, did, are you are you going to disagree with me on that? Really? I like I okay. With the caveat that the romance in episode two is very bad. Everything outside of the romance is, like, cool and fun. Uh, I mean, okay. Hold the on fight, a minute. Okay, Obi-Wan is great. Ewan McGregor is amazing in that Obi-Wan movie. is constantly poking around investigating a bunch of stuff that they never spend any time establishing the meaning of to the audience. So it's, like, just random crap happening the whole time. <laughs> um... <laughs> The fight between Obi-Wan and Jango Fett on the platform on Kamino is one of the coolest fights in any of the movies. It's exciting, but Jango Fett is so boring. <laughs> I agree. I don't like Jango Fett as a character. But the, that the, fight is The super clones fun. of Jango Fett are a billion times more interesting than him. Uh, true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and the fight on Geonosis at the end is super cool. It was great to see like a whole bunch of Jedi with their lightsabers and like just a big old like mass, massive brawl, right? Okay, I was watching it. I watched it again fairly recently because my brother, my younger brother, had not seen Star Wars, and then we watched them like all in a weekend before episodes before we went to see Episode Seven. So mm-hmm. like I've watched them fairly recently. 
theoretically, I think that arena battle with the Jedi is cool. But then, like, when I look at it in the larger context of the series, it just doesn't really seem like it has the drama that it's supposed to have. This is, like, this is, like, the philosophers of the universe, the, our magic yeah. wizard philosophers, they go to <laughs> war. Like, this has never happened mm-hmm. in living memory. Like, the, like, like, our fucking space wizards are starting a goddamn war. This is, should be, like, the most dramatic possible thing that could possibly happen. But they don't spend any time in the movie establishing this as, like, an unprecedented thing or something yeah. that's singularly interesting. When it's, like, one of the best opportunities for drama in the entire franchise. And they just totally blow that opportunity. But, Chris, it looks really cool. It it does look cool for the Jedi to like pull out all their lightsabers in this the arena. It is cool. Um, there's that. Uh, okay, I don't like this scene, but I do want to bring it up while we're talking about Attack of the Clones. Um, there's that whole scene where Padme is basically in a video game level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When she has to to run through that uh, that bad Which Mario Maker obstacle level. course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is so weird. <laughs> um, and I. I so I, I know I said earlier with the caveat that I don't like the love story. Um, I don't have a problem with the love story. I have a problem with Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman not having any uh, chemistry together. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I mean, okay, I've I've gone back and forth on this, but the idea of uh, the way that Anakin like kills the the um. The Tusken Raiders? Yeah, the Tusken Raiders. The way that he kills the Tusken Raiders after he finds out that they, like, murdered his mom. Mm -hmm. I, that, they do not, none of the other characters react to that in a way that, like, adds to that character beat at all. Yeah, I I would mostly agree with that, for sure. Like, Padme just kind of looks at him while he talks about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, Hayden Christensen doesn't do a super good job of, like, expressing (laughs) how this is supposed to make him feel as a character. Yeah. No one else seems to have any opinions about it. Obi-Wan never even finds out. Um, Even though it seems like that's, that would be a pretty, okay, that seems like it would be a pretty good moment to have their, like, dad-son force connection, uh, like, bug Obi-Wan and be like, hmm, I think that Anakin's experienced some severe emotional duress. Maybe I should ask him about that later. You, yeah, you would think so. <laughs> it's it's like the reason that the Force is an interesting narrative possibility in, like, close familial relations is because you yeah. can do that, and they just totally don't. <laughs> but that's Tactical because... Is bad, is my point. That's because Obi-Wan was too busy having super cool hair in that movie. <laughs> he, he was having good hair. He, he had the good hair in that movie. He did, he did have very good hair in that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, Attack of the Clones is not good. I just, I just think it's just not good. I like it. Uh, yeah. This is, this is not good. <laughs> I, I think episode one's a pretty fun, like, kids' adventure movie, but mm-hmm. two, two does not. Two, two has many wasted opportunities. And, uh, and like, go-nowhere plot points to really yeah, sure. really matter. There's also, okay, yeah. the weird thing with the previous Chancellor ordering the clone army that, they're, that they make seem like is going to be important, and then they just don't even address that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think they literally just introduced him so that people would understand the concept of the previous Chancellor existing before yeah. he lost all of his power. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's weird. Man, okay, but yeah, Attack yeah, of the Clones. So then, is not good. then Knights of the Old Republic came out, and yeah, the Clone okay. Wars, Jindy Kartakovsky thing so, came out. 
so I'm talking about how bad Attack of the Clones is. At the time, I loved it. At the time, I was like, this movie yeah. was so good. I want I want all the Star Wars. I want so much <laughs> Star Wars now. Okay, and that I'm pretty. I must have played Knights of the Old uh, Knights of the Old Republic around then. I know I played uh, Jedi. Have you ever played the Jedi Knight series? I have. The um, I've, I've played through all of the Dark games. Forces games, mm-hmm. except for I haven't I haven't finished all of Jedi Academy. I've only ever just like played parts of that game. Yeah, uh, the I only play okay. The, so it's like a four five game series. Mm-hmm. I only ever played the second to last one, but I really okay. liked it. So you played Jedi Outcast? Yeah, yeah. Jedi Outcast is the one I played. I had a really I think, good I think that's the one that most mode. people played. That seems to be the most popular one. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming it was just timing. I, mm-hmm. I think it came out, or at least it was getting its big release, like, after episode two happened, and, you know, <laughs> you know, marketing just uh, made it to be the one that fell into people's laps. Yeah, and it also, I, it didn't, it came out on all the consoles as well, right, so? Yeah, it came out on uh, Xbox, PS2, and GameCube. Yeah, which I, I remember we played the multiplayer mode a lot, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's the only game I've ever played that, like, really made, like, Jedi multiplayer a fun action thing to do. Yeah, um, so Jedi Academy, uh, apparently to this day, still has, like, a really popular, like, duel, uh, like, dueling clans and stuff. I've got that on... Where people will just go in and do I've got uh, that on Steam. I really need to play it. Yeah. Uh, I just haven't, haven't taken the time for it yet. But yeah, Kyle Katarn's like a pretty a pretty fun side character in the universe. Even though he does get his Jedi powers from, I think I mentioned this last episode, uh, like walking into a a, la- a <laughs> yes. force laser in a pit and like you're a Jedi now. Yep. Okay, is that how it works? Um, yeah, we. Uh, I actually uh, Kyle Katarn is a pretty fun and B like still super popular. I think uh, because I remember when. Uh, the first trailer for Rogue One came out, and we got that. What, what we got a shot of Cassian. He like everyone would have been was such convinced. a good character to have in that movie, right? Yep, I agree. And everyone was convinced that Cassian was actually <laughs> Kyle Katarn. Yeah, like I mean, we've he got looked, he looked very much like Kyle Katarn. I can just imagine, like, okay, the the mental scene is like they pitch this movie. A Star Wars fan excitedly goes over to their shelf, pulls down two. Two items marked Kyle Katarn and Dash Rendar. It's like, yeah! <laughs> and then and then they reveal the... No, those characters aren't here. Oh, right. Disappointedly puts them back on the shelf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, Kyle was like... Because he's like a sarcastic Jedi, too. He's a quippy yeah. Jedi, and there aren't a lot of those. So he's just, you know, people like him. Yeah, for sure. There's that really great moment. I think it's the second to last boss when uh, uh, the the guy's like, "The Empire will be reborn. We shall conquer the galaxy." And he like gives this huge villain speech about all the great things they're gonna do. And Kyle just tacks in at the end of one of his lines, "Your shields will be destroyed," and throws his <laughs> lightsaber into the core of the starship they're on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like. What? I was in the middle of talking. <laughs> it's really good. And you also fight a, a ter- you also fight a Jedi Tyrannosaurus in the last boss fight. It's very it's oh, very yeah. exciting. It's been a while since I played that game. I should probably play it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. It's a good game. Yeah, I remember uh he's super hard to beat in straight up lightsaber 
if you go lightsaber to lightsaber with him, super hard to beat. So you can, uh, but you can like cut down the pillars into the room and just drop the roof on him, which oh, yeah. is much more effective. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah. Okay. So there's that one and then KOTOR and like, I don't think I need to talk a lot about what KOTOR is. It no, was yeah, like, I think... I think it's the best sell. I guess now that Mass Effect's a thing. I always think of it as like the prototypical Bioware RPG, even though that's probably mm-hmm. sacrilegious to some people. I assume that's Baldur's Gate to a lot of like, you know, old timey fans and stuff. But uh, I, I think I think you could definitely call it the prototypical like of the the modern Bioware RPG. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the jumping off point for everything they've done until now, basically. Yeah, and it's still the best one I think of the Bioware style. Uh, that, I, yeah, maybe. We don't need to get into my. We don't need to get deep in my video game opinions uh, on this Co- podcast. But. Kotor Two is super good. If you have not played Kotor Two, you owe it to yourself to get on Steam and download the like uh, redacted content patch and play Kotor Two. It's so yes. good. Yeah, I have played Kotor Two, but it's been years. Man, I really, I really, I just played it again recently, and like, I love that game. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to make Autumn at me, but like, I think it's the first time in almost anything that the Sith have worked as villains. Because honestly, <laughs> I think the Sith are stupid as hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they are real, like, they're, they're motivated by, I don't know. It, this is, I, I just don't like, I don't like super villains that are motivated by like the concept of evil very much because <laughs> they don't really get a lot out of it other than like abstract power i don't know yeah it, i mean it, i think that's definitely a problem in media is like what are your goals like what what, what are you going to do with this power really it, it's like when you when you have dozens of saurons running around like it's just you can have one sauron you get one <laughs> maybe two <laughs> If you have one, it's fine, because then it's like, okay, they're like an abstract concept that the characters are going to run up against, that's okay. If you've got, like, a bunch, and anyone can be one, then it's like, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems like you're going to run into problems here. And they always act against their own best interests, because, like, when you go around, like, uh, stealing and killing and, and doing a bunch of crap, you're just... From a narrative perspective, like you're just seeding a billion things to go wrong for your yourself later. So it's like nuts. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This, this is a. This is, uh, I'm rambling. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I'm rambling, that's, but like that, that's what this podcast is for. It's less satisfying when they get their comeuppance. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, back to what we were originally talking about. Okay. So, <laughs> Kotor Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Yeah. And after episode two was also when I started picking up the post-Battle of Endor series, which was most of the Star Wars novels I read. Yeah, uh, I, I read... think were most of the Star Wars novels that existed at the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah, Heir to the Empire, I really liked that series. Uh, I read most of them over the course, like, I think by the time Revenge of the Sith came out three years later, I was, like, pretty much through that whole series, except mm-hmm. for I never read the X-Wing ones, because... I mean, they just weren't about the main characters. <laughs> I've I've heard that this was a stupid decision on my part because apparently everyone really likes the X-wing ones. But uh, I was more I was always more interested about what happened to the Jedi after after the end of the series. That was always yeah. like the part of the story that seemed most interesting to me. Like, what do we do with this philosophy now that we're in this new world? Right. And um, yeah, 
I also read a, I read a few of the YA novels that are like about Jason and Jaina and them having their own wacky side adventures. I think they've uh, got like a book. The, the Young Jedi Knights series? Yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed those books, and I'd like to do a couple of them for this podcast at some point. I okay yeah the the first six were released in uh, like a two book collection I think Jedi Sun, oh, really? Jedi Shadow and Jedi Sunrise I think okay I uh, I mean we live in the same town you can borrow my copies if you want yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I remember liking those a lot too uh, they've got like a uh, there's a girl uh, there's another girl in their group called Tenel Ka who I remember yes. always being like a really fun character yep I I always really liked her and uh, she was. She was a cool redhead Jedi, um, which definitely meant that young me had a little bit of a crush on her. And uh, she's super... They established it that she doesn't know what, like, sarcasm is, but, I mean, they didn't use this language because it's from the mid-90s, but she's basically autistic, Mm -hmm. from what I remember. Yeah. (laughs) They just say, like, she doesn't understand humor, but, like... Right, right, right. She basically is written as if she's on the spectrum. And, like, she's got one arm, and she saves the day a bunch. Tenelka was awesome. I just remember her being yeah. super cool. <laughs> she she has one arm because she was, uh, she rushed through creating her light, building her lightsaber. And when she and Jason were dueling, uh, her lightsaber shorted out, and he cut her arm off. Yeah, one of the, the first times that Jason, you know, fucks up and ruins it for everyone. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really his fault. <laughs> yeah, in, I mean, in, it's, in not, his, specific it's case. not his fault. It's just, you know, I'm just making fun of Jason for <laughs> sucking repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I remember liking those a lot. It would be interesting to revisit them. Because, uh, like, a lot of, like, YA Lit is uh, <laughs> yeah, hard to go back to. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. But, um, yeah, I, I would also be curious if those would be any, uh, would work. And I, okay, let's see. Other than those, no, what other ones were there? Yeah, because a lot of the prequel ones were coming out around this time, too. Yeah, and then there's I, also, like, the whole New Jedi Order came out around this around this era. See, I didn't start, I didn't try that until years later, because I wanted to okay. read the whole post-Endor stuff. I wanted to catch up on the whole series before I tried New Jedi Order. And mm-hmm. then, like, I read, okay... For those of you who are not in the know, okay, uh, that uh, all these different writers wrote these stories. They're all loosely in the same continuity, but they're not like one continuous plot line for the the post Battle of Endor stories. They yeah. all got together, and uh, I'm not sure if the publisher did. The publisher probably did this. Like almost surely, the publisher established this as like a thing they wanted to do. They yeah, called I'm a actually, bunch uh, of. I, I'm on the New Jedi Order Wikipedia page right now. Um... It was apparently a collaborative effort conceived by representatives of Delray, Lucasfilm Limited, and Dark Horse Comics okay, during see, meetings at go. Skywalker Ranch in 97 and 98. So a marketing thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they they decided, like, uh, okay, the way I've always heard it uh, said was that, that they decided that the characters were, like, too invincible and there wasn't anything in the world that was a th- enough of a threat to them, so they wanted to bring in, like, a new serious threat. Mm-hmm. Um I can't imagine a writer approach. I mean, okay, I can't imagine a writer approaching it like that, but that sounds more like a publisher mandated thing to me. Because then they bring in this thing called the Yuzan Vong, and the Yuzan Vong are the worst villains. They're really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, because I think you guys, I, I think you have, don't you have Vector Prime slated at some point? But like, um, so yeah, uh, not only do I have it slated at some point, it is actually next month's book. 
Oh, after after Shatterpoint? Uh, no, uh, we're replacing Shatterpoint with uh, with Vector Prime. We'll get more into that at the end of the episode. But dang, here I was reading Shatterpoint. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people were. <laughs> okay. Well, I I will. Uh, I, I will uh, read a little bit of, of Vector Prime. So again, so I can send in some feedback for that. Perfect. But uh, my general feedback from reading it years ago is that it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I really did not like the Yuzan Vong. But yeah, uh, I remember one one thing that's weird about them is at the time, I remember thinking that they were a stand-in for uh, for the War on Terror. Because, mm-hmm. like, everything was at the time. Everything <laughs> being created in America was like a stand-in yeah. for the War on Terror at the time. <laughs> uh, but actually not. I think they conceived the series in, like, 1995. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was definitely before. Um, though the Yuzan Vong hit a tipping point. do have some weird f- parallels with religious fundamentalism. But, like... Yep. <laughs> it, it would have been, been a bad comparison if that's what they were doing. And in, the, like... It's not a, they're not a good villain independently either, so you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I read the first one, and then I started reading. I, I think I read Dark Tide one too, which is the next one, and I think I never picked up Dark Tide two because I was like, this is it. Just wasn't about what I enjoyed about the about reading the books anymore. Mm-hmm. So I only made it two books into New Jedi Order before okay. I was like, nope. Yeah. I've uh, I've read the entire series. <laughs> Uh, do, does it does it does it pick up at any point? I, you know, I think overall I ended up liking it. Okay, well, that's good. I to think hear. that's. I, I don't want to get too deep into it because I feel like we'll just we'll be here all day if we do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And clearly, you need to save some for next week. Yeah, next but uh, yeah, I think I think overall, like I think it's. I think it ended up being a positive thing, but definitely, definitely some some real strong issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, including they get like a lot more gruesome with like the torture imagery and stuff too. Yes, very much. Yeah, they they really wanted to be like we're serious now. Like, kind of didn't need to be that serious. <laughs> but, uh, okay, let's see. What other Star Wars stuff did I do between episode two and three? Yeah, there was of course we mentioned the Clone Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. That show is so awesome. Yes, and that is a that is a hundred percent going to be a thing that I cover for this podcast. Oh man, I'm I'm jealous because if I don't man, get to that do show that. Was great. One. Uh, yeah, I, you'll have to man. Uh, do, do you have a, do you have a, a list of of people who want to do that one? Because I want to get on that list. Well, like uh, uh, you know, I well, actually I actually think that it might be kind of cool to have like a group of people on for that one. So, oh, that would be so cool. So yeah, maybe we can uh, we can we, we can discuss that after the show. Oh man, we should, we should totally do that. I love I really like that show. <laughs> as, as we mentioned on the uh, as was mentioned on the General Grievous episode, the the source of Grievous's weird cough throughout yep. all of episode three for no reason <laughs> uh, was established yeah. in this cartoon. <laughs> it is it is such a weird thing that like that is what influenced Grievous. In the movie. I know, right? It's that's so weird to me. <gasps> Like, it's specifically put in there so that if you're the kind of nerd who watched the cartoon, you can lean over to your friend in the theater and be like, hey, hey, do you know the reason that he's coughing like that? It was, was actually totally in the nerd, cartoon. by the way. Yeah, I, I, am, I am exactly that kind of nerd. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm subtweeting myself here. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I was certainly not claiming dissociation from the person I was talking about. <laughs> uh, 
let's see. I think I'm not. I'm not running down to the end of. Uh, I think the last. I remember. Okay, for a long time, I think the last one of the the uh, the post Battle of Endor books I read was uh, the Courtship of Princess Leia. Not okay. because I was like. Uh, I was always holding off on it because I'd always get my mom to buy me these and I felt weird asking her to get me that one because I was an insecure teenage boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, apparently that one's also known as like really bad. I remember liking yeah. it though. I, I remember not liking that book very much, but it's been a very long time since I've read it. So Yeah, I yeah. I, it's literally, it's been a decade. So, you know, yeah, it's, it could be awful. Gosh, I I, I was probably like 12 when I read that book. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there any major star Wars stuff from like the 2002 to 2005 years that I'm like skipping? Uh, no, I don't really think so. I mean, we, we covered clone war or KOTOR and clone wars. And I think those are the two major things I did um, play. I did mention star Wars galaxies, which I played a yeah. little bit of, but I had not played an MMO before that, and it was really obtuse if you weren't, (laughs) like, heavily familiar with the systems already. Uh, Yeah, and there was that, like, like all the insane stuff that you had to do to become a Jedi in that game initially. That always, I really liked that as a premise, the idea that when the game launched, no one in the world knows how to be a Jedi, but, like, you can do it if if you discover the secret. Yeah, and, like, if you do discover the secret and, like, become a Jedi, like, you actually, like, have a consummate power level, like, mm-hmm. that makes sense for you being a Jedi in a galaxy full of people that aren't Jedi. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a super cool premise for an MMO element. Yeah. And I mean, then, from what I understand, later on down the line, it kind of just made it so where everybody could just become a Jedi easily. Yeah, everyone's just a Jedi now, so. It's not <laughs> as exciting then, but, you know. And then, uh, in that... Have you played any of the the Old Republic MMO? I have not. I've had a lot of people asking me to play that game and specifically asking me to play it for the show. Um, I will at some point. I promise. Ra- Rachel might Rachel might do an episode with you if you do yeah. it because uh, she she liked that one quite a bit. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like each each character class is kind of segregated into its own little story. The it's pretty good. It's it's pretty fun. I, I wouldn't say it's the best MMO I've ever played, but in terms of like adapting a like the Bioware style RPG into an MMO. It's pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've definitely heard that like some of the, uh, uh, some of the stories that they tell in that, in that game are very good. Like the, uh, the Imperial agent I always hear referenced as a very good story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Imperial agent is pretty wacky. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty much just playing as evil James Bond. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you if you play Sith Inquisitor, it's really <laughs> you're just like walking around being like comically evil the entire time. <laughs> like and it's so it's okay, I think Sith Inquisitor was like I already kind of thought that Sith were dumb, but the uh, as soon as you start doing quests for Sith Inquisitor, everybody is constantly trying to backstab each other. And one up each other in order to gain prestige in the school of teachers who are all telling everybody how great it is to betray people for power. So it's like, that is why evil is dumb. The system is like never going to work. Yeah. You can't build a society out of people that think it's awesome to betray each other. But you can make a cool video game out of it. <laughs> it's like you make an entire society out of the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> 
It's just it's just not going to work. And that's no. what the Sith are. <laughs> They're silly. <laughs> uh but yeah, then uh, then Revenge of the Sith came out, and oh man, Revenge that was of the very Sith. exciting for a young Brian Wade. Let me tell you. Yeah, I think that was the first. It, it might still be the only movie in my life I've ever gone to see alone. Oh really? Ex- yeah, I always went to see movies with my dad when I was younger, and then I didn't really go to see a lot for several years until I met my wife. I think like mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith was like the one that I went to see in those years. Yeah. Like, can't miss it. I mean, it's the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> what am I going to do? Not go see it? Yeah, I um, I can't remember if I've told the story on the podcast, but I went to the midnight premiere of that movie, uh, which was on a Thursday at midnight uh, during the school year, which was pretty fun for me the next day at school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, because I did not get home until like four thirty, and then of course. I was. Basically dead the entire day. It was super fun. <laughs> and of course, uh, were, were your parents like, uh, no, you got to go to school the next day. Yep. <laughs> would let you just call, <laughs> That's then exactly what happened. Is, uh, my, my dad told me I could go see it, but I had to go to school the next day. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I feel like I knew exactly how the story was going to go. And like, what, what am I going to do as a young Star Wars nerd? Not go see the midnight premiere of not, the last Star Wars movie? Yeah. I mean, like, that's not an option. Right. <laughs> But yeah, Revenge of the Sith, man. Yeah, I, even in retrospect and at the time too, like it is a big, it's a big step up over Episode Two specifically, and mm-hmm. like it's really just a, it's an exciting movie in general. Like it's pretty effectively dramatic. Yeah, uh, I really like Revenge of the Sith even now. Um, I know, like I talk a lot about the the book, but even the movie, like I even really enjoy the movie. Yeah, its script is a little bit of a mess, but overall, yes. like it's pretty solid. Um. I think it has the best music of the prequels. Yeah, probably. Uh, Battle of the Heroes is one of my favorite Star Wars tracks ever. Is that the one when Anakin and Obi-Wan fight? Uh, that that one is actually called Anakin versus Obi-Wan, but it does reference Battle of the Heroes. Battle of the Heroes is uh, from the very beginning, like the fight oh, okay. uh, over Coruscant. When they're breaking into the Grievous' ship to get Palpatine yes. back? Yep. I, I will have to I do I do have to say it's weird at the beginning of the movie when they just unceremoniously kill Dooku off after establishing <laughs> him as such a major threat in the previous film. Yeah, and uh, especially like as like a, an actor with Christopher Lee's pedigree. Yeah, yeah, and then he's just like dead within fifteen minutes of the movie starting. Yeah. like they're just oh. like oh we're just gonna we're just gonna cut your head off. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Chris. <laughs> also makes it a little bit hard to believe later when they go back to the uh like in the clone wars cartoon when they're filling in that time between episodes two and three and everyone's like dooku's such a big deal <laughs> he's like the most powerful person in the world no one can stand up to him like he kind of ate it like yeah uh, uh pretty uh pretty undramatically in the beginning of episode three so i'll take your word for it yeah when uh when, when i eventually cover revenge of the sith um I will have thoughts about that because I think that the book does a way better job uh, showing how how Dooku is bested uh, by Anakin than uh, the movie ever could. Is the novelization for is the novelization for Attack of the Clones good in the same way that the Revenge of the Sith one is? Because I uh, feel no. like a, Attack of the Clones could be punched up to be like a really good story, but um, it's not in it, that. It's movie. fine. I remember it being fine, uh, but no, none, none of the novelizations have been anywhere near the quality of Revenge of the Siths. Oh, okay. Uh, which is, most, I think, mostly because the author, uh, Matthew Stover, was the author of Revenge of the Sith, and he is amazing. 
yeah, that's that's how it works, you know. He's a great writer, and he did a great job with that with that uh, story. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think after episode two, like the uh, the the Star Wars malaise had started to really set in at that point, uh, where everyone was like, "Oh, these new movies are awful. So, mm-hmm. uh, why didn't Star Star Wars was better when we didn't have it, or whatever." <laughs> Uh, I don't know. And then, and yeah, it continued, like, episode three, I feel like episode three, like, bumped opinion for, like, a year there, but then it was back to that narrative of, like, uh, why George Lucas have to ruin Star Wars, like, with, you know, about a year after, uh, yeah, I Revenge mean, of the maybe, Sith came out. I mean, maybe, maybe it was just a different, like, maybe I was just, like, looking, maybe not looking in the, the quote-unquote right places, but I felt like, like, coming out of Revenge of the Sith, like, everybody was pretty high on it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that's I mean, what there, I'm there were definitely some issues. Everybody was like, "Oh, yeah, we have issues. We maybe have some issues with this movie." But like, everybody was like, "Oh, yeah, that was a great Star Wars movie." No, I, I, I agree. I was saying like, I think that it, and I think people rode pretty high on that, like mm-hmm. in the fandom or whatever. I'm not sure if that's the right word because like all of American culture is a Star Wars fandom, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I think people were pretty like we. Everyone loved Re- Revenge of the Sith for like about a year, and that's when I think it started to turn around again to this like uh, why Lewis Lucas have to ruin everyone's childhoods narrative. Yeah, yeah, back 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 to the the narrative as it were. Yes, the capital narrative capital. Yep. <laughs> capital T, capital N. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, and so then like kind of kind of Star Wars kind of just goes away. Like I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, unless, I unless you were like a Star Wars super fan, like Revenge of the Sith was just it. Like, yeah, Revenge there wasn't the really Sith anything was that most people kept up on after that. I mean, like I mentioned the the second Clone Wars cartoon, the the CG one that yeah. was running on TV from after Revenge of the Sith came out for years, years after yeah. that. Uh, it only ended like a couple years ago when they started running Rebels instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a, which I still a, haven't watched. Yeah, I only watched the first season of Rebels, and, like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't like it as much as Clone Wars, but, you know. I do want to give it a shot at some point, I just haven't gotten around to it. It's definitely, it's definitely worth a watch. (laughs) There's the, okay, tangent, there's this one funny part, okay, Rebels is all about, like, a scrappy group of, of terrorists who are, like, fighting the Empire, obviously. You know, that's the premise of the show. There's this one scene at the beginning of an episode that's great, where there's a uh, Imperial bureaucrat who is so excited about throwing a parade for Empire Day, which is just, like, (laughs) the grayest parade ever. It's great. Like, everything is painted gray. There's, Mm -hmm. like, just gray everywhere. And she's so enthusiastic about her gray parade. And then these dumb kids come along and just ruin it <laughs> it's re- stupid kids it's really kind of it, it, it's it's weird tonally it's bizarre yeah. tonally because i mean <laughs> these people are nazis like you know yeah but yeah, uh, they, are, they are space nazis as previously discussed <laughs> and it, Rebel, rebels is a strange show i need to i've heard seasons two and three are good i need to watch more yeah me too but uh yeah i don't know like i've kind of after episode three came out like I would check out Star Wars stuff every once in a while, and I was always like, you know, hey, this is pretty cool. I like this. Mm-hmm. This is fun. And, like, 
that's just not been an I, I it's not been okay to like Star Wars again until un, until uh, the Force, Awakens. Force Awakens came out basically. Yeah. And everyone's yeah, like, I definitely... "Oh, you know, thank God I... that uh this has happened." <laughs> yeah, there was definitely like a palpable shift um that I could like I I I could kind of feel on the internet or whatever about how like uh, because when Disney first announced, like when it first came out that Disney was uh, buying Lucasfilm, um, I remember it being like very, uh, it was very contentious, especially like in the Star Wars community, like about like whether or not this was a good thing. Yeah, I think in the community people disagreed on it, but I mean, in terms of like mass American culture, like everyone loves disney <laughs> yeah like, and you could and you could definitely feel like because especially this was also when when this was announced was like disney was kind of at like the heights of the marvel stuff yeah yeah um all of the marvel movies coming out every year and like how popular every single one of them has is and i mean i say at the heights like they're not still at those heights but like man. it definitely felt like it was like maybe at the highest that it had been man, at that I wish, point i wish the star wars movies were as good as some of the marvel movies <laughs> Yeah, we don't. Uh, what, what do we just talk about? Force Awakens. I know you have yeah, some strong opinions about the Force Awakens. I, I, I don't know if that, you want to broadcast them on the internet. I mean, you can at me; it's fine. I would say don't <laughs> at me, but that's not going to stop anyone who would. And I'm pretty no. confident in this, so it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, like it's kind of weird because when that sale happened, everyone was like, "Oh, thank God, this thing is out of the hands of the person that created it," which mm-hmm. is weird. I think that's a weird perspective, honestly. Um, like, you know, I, like Lucas, maybe he's not the most creative, or, you know, maybe he's not like the most perfect creative vision in the world or anything, but like he did make Star Wars. It is yeah, kind of his did, idea. He did make the thing that I that I have a whole podcast about. So Yeah, like he <laughs> had that I, those ideas to combine like, you know, retro cinema styles, you know, World War Two. Joseph Campbell, Eastern Philosophies, and, uh, fucking, what's the name of the guy who made the, the famous Japanese director? Oh, gosh, uh, Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah, Kurosawa. Uh, and, like, I mean, that was his idea from all yeah. accounts, <laughs> and that was a really good idea. Yeah. And I, th- I think a lot of the, uh, <clears throat> a lot of the, uh, the vitriol towards Lucas has most, I, okay, maybe this is just me, but this is my, my issue with George Lucas. And I don't, I don't have a lot of issues with him. Like it's, you know, look, like look at the end of the day, like it's his movie, it's his movie and he can do what he wants with it. But, uh, the, a, a lot of the, the extraneous stuff that got added in, uh, the special editions over the years was just like, it was, it was like a little frustrating because like, especially with, uh, a new hope, like that movie, I think is just like perfect. Like, the unedited original or uh, by unedited i mean unspecialed um mm-hmm. the original cut of that movie theatrical cut of that movie is just fantastic yeah uh, i mean that's like i think it's just like yeah. perfectly paced where it has this like really slow plotting like meditative pace for the first like half of the movie and it like slowly accelerates into this like space thing because uh- I will admit to being wrong on this. I was wrong on this for years, right? I was always like, eh, the special edition, I don't remember it being that different. It's fine. That was a wrong (laughs) opinion. Like, the unedited version of episode four is, it's it's like, it's a masterpiece of film editing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so perfect in terms of pacing and editing. 
Yep. And that is really seriously disturbed by the special edition. Yeah, very um, much so. Like, it's not it's not even really my favorite. Like, I I think episode four is, like, pretty far down my list of favorite Star Wars movies. Really? But, like, okay, yeah, I think... Because it's I, my favorite. I, uh, like, I love, uh, like, I think, th- I think I'd put three, six, and one, and five all over New Hope. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, New Hope is a really good movie. Like, it's, like yeah. I just, I was saying, like, in terms of editing, it is, like, so good. And rewatching it again made me really appreciate that. Like, it's not even one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but, like, you know, it, it should be appreciated for that really impressive thing it does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, because like, especially the, um, <clears throat> the, 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 just like the, the way that that pacing move, the pacing of that movie works, like you don't leave Tatooine for like the first half of this movie. Mm. And it's just like, it's really like, it is, t- it takes its time and it just like luxuriates in these shots. And like, I, one of the things I always come back to, and this is a pretty, pretty iconic shot from the movie. So it's not like I'm, ha- I necessarily have anything like. I, I, it's not like I'm having a, a unique opinion here. Is like the shot, um, Luke looking at the two suns. Luke, Luke looking, at, looking at the two suns with a binary sunset playing. Yeah, like that is man. That shot just like gives me chills every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, the understanding of film language and the direction of that film is like really impressive. Like it does so mm-hmm. much to convey emotion with just like a few uh, like in between shots and stuff. It's, yeah, it's really impressive. That being said, I'm just not that into, like, the traditional hero narrative. I'm more in Star Wars for, like, all the other things Star Wars does. But, mm-hmm. but New Hope is very good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then you don't like the remake of A New Hope, which is yeah. The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. <laughs> I, I really want... Okay, I was already a little trepidatious to hear everyone be like, man, thank God that Lucas isn't involved in this franchise anymore. Now it'll be actually good. And I'm like, hmm... Really? I I liked it pretty much for all those years that he was involved in it, even if yeah. maybe he wasn't always the best influence. Yeah. So, like... I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it's it's not necessarily... It, there's no real argument or no, like, major arguments as to, like, his quality as, like, a scriptwriter. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, bad he's at not, writing dialogue. He's not a good... He's not a good <laughs> scriptwriter at all. Uh, yeah, I think, like, that's... If he had someone to punch up his scripts, like that prequel trilogy could have been like so much better. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you know, like I, this is definitely a thing that you. If I don't know how many of the, uh, uh, the special features for the prequel trilogy you've watched, but I've basically watched all of them. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a, like you you get a real sense, like especially now going back and watching them, that like he was surrounded, absolutely surrounded by yes men for that entire trilogy. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, like he had created the most popular franchise on the planet up till that point, so you know. Yeah, for sure. What was everyone gonna do? Be like, whoa, hold on. I don't know if that's a good plan. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, someone should have done that, but yeah. The truth is, is like you know, Hollywood is not always like a collaboration of artists trying their best to present the most, uh, you know, the most compelling art they can. They're mm-hmm. they're businessmen and product makers trying to present the product that'll make them the most money. They yeah, had very true. What they assumed was the guy who was like the best at making money, who turned out to not be. But you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Force Awakens. I went to see it and like. I just don't know, man. 
I'd really... Okay, I don't think J.J. Abrams has made a single thing I've actually liked. Yeah. Uh, I think the closest is the first Star Trek reboot, which was, mm-hmm. like, an okay action movie. Like, that one's pretty fun. It's a pretty yeah. fun movie. I, yeah. Uh, uh, that, Into that Darkness Star, is Star Trek movie, kind of, like, a little bit of a Star Wars movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Into Darkness is really bad. Uh, Into yeah. Darkness is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yep. Very so, strongly like, agree. <laughs> And uh, be, Star Trek Beyond, not no great shakes. It's it's better it's than it's easily the best of that remake trilogy. Do you think so? Trilogy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think Beyond's. Like I, way I, I, better I still I still think one. that I think that the first one is better. Oh man, no, I but, I uh, I feel like Beyond is about some. It's like about a thing, mm-hmm. so I feel like that makes it better than the original Star Trek, and uh, about a thing in the sense of like you know what is the purpose of you know. Uh, pushing the frontier rather than just being like it's about legacy which i yeah, feel sure. like that's what the original one's about but <laughs> i mean not to harsh anyone's prayed i do think the star trek 11 is fine yeah i think it's the best thing that jj abrams did because <laughs> he's a bad director <laughs> uh yeah i just uh i wasn't hyped going into it because like i just like i just <laughs> like uh my the high point for this director for me has been okay. And like, yeah. I'm really hoping he's going to top that, but <sighs> yeah, because I remember when, when he was announced as the director of, uh, the force awakens, like the internet, like collectively lost their minds in excitement. <laughs> and I was definitely like, I was definitely a little more tepid on it than, than a lot of people were, but I think I was definitely, I, I was probably more excited than you were. Well, probably if like <laughs> you like a J.J. Abrams thing, you would probably yeah. be more. Well, what has he made that you you enjoyed it? Because like I haven't seen that much of his stuff. It's just always I, been... I, I just I like the original Star Trek reboot. I think okay. that's a I think okay. that's a super fun movie. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm kind of tapping on that one, but like I said, it's fine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, the okay, just Force Awakens. I just go into it and like. I wanted to like it. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> just I mean, why would you not uh, want to like it? It's a Star Wars movie. Well, I want to like everything. Like I don't. I I always want to like something if I'm gonna <laughs> go walk into it. But I don't know. Okay, I don't want to. Okay. The, the other thing is that this is like this is salted earth. Like this is fucking poison ground to talk about not liking <laughs> Force Awakens because. Because bad people have their complaints about, like, oh, you're getting women and black people and little white yeah. cuckballs in my Star Wars, and now you're ruining it. And like, yeah, it's the it's the Gary Gary Butterfield problem. Guys, I just want to not like a movie where where you don't like a thing as that that bad people don't like, but not for the same reasons. Uh, yeah, I have that like, problem with Undertale. Yeah, I'm also not huge on Undertale, yeah. but it, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but like Ray, I I never felt okay. The, the my biggest problem with the movie is that like I, the Ray is like the big character. You have to mm-hmm. like raise the central focus. I just felt like her character motivation is so unclear. She like she's like oh I'm I'm motivated like I I'm so insecure about moving on with my life because my parents left me and, and like I'm unsure about anything. And yet she's simultaneously supremely confident that every decision she makes is correct and all and she is the best at doing everything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it I just didn't understand what was motivating her character and like 
there's the okay as a this probably doesn't bug most people but as a longtime fan when Hans okay we're, we're, this isn't this isn't spoiler walled right we could talk no, about absolutely Hans, not Force no. Awakens hey, when listen, Han if you're Solo, listening to a Star Wars podcast you've probably seen the Force Awakens when Han Solo dies and they come back from that mission it really bugs me that Leia has an emo- like her emotional moment with Ray. With Ray, Chewbacca's right there. Yep, he's right there. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm right there with you on that one. It's, not, it's not even so much that she has an emotional moment with Ray and not Chewbacca, but it's like how he is just kind of like pushed to the side for yeah, that whole. He's just standing there, and I'm like, yeah. guys, he's a person. You cannot treat him like that. Yeah, he's it's not. He's okay. not. He's not just a walking rug. <laughs> he is actually a person. Yeah. You you spent like twenty goddamn years getting me invested in Chewbacca as like being a real person with an actual personality. You can't <laughs> renege on that now, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, Kylo, I'm right Kylo there with Ren you on that is one. a great villain, though. I yes. Kylo Ren is a super good villain. He's like the one aspect of that movie that like makes me interested in seeing more of this universe because mm-hmm. he's like new and different. I I'm pretty into him as a villain. Yeah, I really like the whole like being like his his idolization of Darth Vader and like how that's going to shape him in the future. Yeah, yeah. Like because it, like, you, it makes it makes me wonder like he idolizes Darth Vader so much so like what has he been told about Darth Vader? <laughs> exactly. It's you know so- because like look like like if Luke was his Jedi master or whatever like all Luke had to do is be like look like he was he he turned back to the light side at the end like he wasn't a bad dude. Mhm. <laughs> Yeah, and, okay, you bring up Luke, like, this, that's, like, my biggest problem with Force Awakens. Outside of all those other things is, like, maybe this is, like, a little bit of this is the fan in me talking, but, like, Mm -hmm. it feels really bad to come back to this universe and be, like, the 30 years of continuity you knew, gone. Instead, we're replacing it with a world where all of your heroes failed, everything they wanted to do is dust, all of their accomplishments were meaningless. Yeah. We're still fighting the same fight with the Empire. They still are doing the same thing. Uh, every attempt to revitalize, uh, like, peace, love, and prosperity or whatever failed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing, none of that mattered. And, like, I, okay, maybe if you're... <laughs> Yeah, this is a little bit the fan in me talking. I guess it's it's like the Nameless King thing, like... Maybe it shouldn't bug me. My headcanon should not matter. <laughs> but, like, for my experience, it does. Like, yeah. that, that that stings really bad to be like, yeah, none of that. Like, yeah, they, they uh, these characters you were invested in, like, yeah, they all sucked, actually. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely, like, I really hope that this pays off with Luke because, like, like, look, like, as a kid growing up watching those movies, like, Luke is the character that you identify with, right? Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I guess I'm speaking from a, a young boy's perspective. Like I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for anybody that like isn't... he's the most archetypical Campbellian hero. Like, yeah, <laughs> like he, he is like, you were supposed to like, like really kind of attached to him. And so the whole, the force awakens being like Spaceballs three, the search for Spaceballs two is like maybe <laughs> a little, a little frustrating. Yeah. And also Mark Campbell's great. Mark Campbell yes. is also great. Yeah. Mark Campbell is a <laughs> super awesome dude. Yeah. Uh, man. But yeah, Force Awakens, like... Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that anybody's gonna. I don't think there's any access to grind like with you. <laughs> I, th- I think because I like it. It would be one thing if you just came on it and you talked about how you hated it. But you came on here and talked about how you hated it because <laughs> because of the little white cuck ball. <laughs> but you're not talking about that. Like you don't what? hate it because of the little okay, white cuck ball. I think I would like the movie less if people did not tell me about the little white cuck ball because little white cuck ball is amazing. <laughs> that makes me like it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh if you don't um, know what then, we're talking about don't try to find out because yeah, it will please, make you unhappy. please don't look that up uh just stay away from that part of the internet they're all the worst <laughs> it's okay to laugh at them but that's all they're good for yeah <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> uh, uh, so then what about rogue one like how did you feel about that movie rogue one i was i was mostly okay with like it's got it's certainly got problems like mm-hmm. a lot of problems <laughs> Like yeah, for sure. uh, the the story isn't as strong as isn't as strong as Force Awakens even, but like I did like it more, even though like it's ex- it's real silly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Okay. First of all, the way the ending is like the it, you're at the end of Rogue One, you are like five minutes away from the beginning of Episode Four, and that seems like a really unnecessary time crunch. <laughs> I thought like. I thought the premise of going back to do these in-between stories was to make this universe seem bigger and grander, not to be like, oh, everything important happened in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, so that actually, you know, you, you bringing up that specific thing is actually something that I've been thinking about a lot with the uh, the new continuity of Star Wars, is that you're right, and, and like, we do want, like, I do want the universe to be bigger, but like, I don't think that's what, A, most people want, and I don't think that's what Disney executives think will sell. Yeah, because we've because... talked about the we've talked about the EU a lot, but like, and how much I like it, how much you like it, but mm-hmm. a, two of its biggest problems were always like too focused on too few characters. Like these are the only important people in the world, which you know yeah. sometimes they get out of that trap. A lot of times they don't. Uh, and uh, the other biggest problem is retelling a new hope. They yep. do that <laughs> in so many of the EU novels is retell a new hope, and like. <laughs> That's what Force Awakens is retelling A New Hope again. They yeah. say like, "Oh, it's okay. We're cutting out all this continuity, so we don't make the we don't make the mistakes of the stupid nerdy expanded universe. Only <laughs> nerds care about that stuff. We don't want to do that again, man." And then they do literally. We're the certainly going to learn from those lessons. Yeah, except not. <laughs> They're going to make all the same mistakes again. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what happens when you're writing Star Wars stories, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I get it. New Hope is a big deal. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to see a New Hope again. <laughs> like, you can just go watch a New Hope again. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't need to remake it over and over and over. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it, it definitely feels like, like, the internet at large, like, just wants more. Like, I mean, because I remember people being, like, really excited that uh, The Force Awakens, like, kind of went out of its way to not reference too much, uh... Uh, prequel trilogy stuff mm-hmm. and like that actually really boned me out because like you can't just ignore like that this big of a part of like your fiction yeah the entire universe had like a unified government apparently and no one remembers it or talks about it or thinks it yeah. was important like okay <laughs> uh it also really bugs me that you don't in for then uh force awakens you don't see any familiar aliens for like the entire first half of the movie Mm-hmm. Other like, than Chewbacca, I, of course. I get that. Yeah, other than Chewbacca, they're trying to like recreate the feeling of being in a New Hope and like not recognizing what you're seeing. But like, 
we're not in that world. We're in a we're in Star Wars. We know what yeah. the aliens look like in Star Wars. You can't <laughs> rebottle that lightning. And also, like I just said, stop trying to remake a new hope. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, uh, other than the compressing the universe thing, I think the other silliest thing in Rogue One is definitely when Darth Vader says, don't choke on your ambitions <laughs> after he force chokes a guy. Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's so weird to me that they, we're like simultaneously getting pitched Darth Vader as like sarcastic boss guy and also like the legacy of darkness most important dude who like is the most sinister popular character ever like i I was really confused and also in addition to choking a guy and quipping about it he's also apparently sitting in a back to tank on the planet where his surrogate dad beat him up and he just hangs out there moping all the time so i actually i actually (laughs) thought that that castle was super cool (laughs) i thought it was a cool castle but the idea that he would just hang out on mustafar because he's so damn angsty still yeah was really comical to me but like like like, i mean anakin anakin skywalker is an angsty dude so it's true it makes a sense It, it was kind of his downfall yeah um and like i also like I, I I'm pretty sure I talked about this uh, in the <clears throat> episode that I did about Rogue One specifically, um, but just seeing Mustafar gave me like gave me a lot of feelings and a lot of hope for them not ignoring the prequels in the future. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely thought the same thing. Whereas when Mustafar, sh- well, they don't title card Mustafar, which is weird because no. they title card a lot of other places we've never heard of before. Yeah, like they title, <laughs> they title card like Scarif and like, who's ever heard of Scarif? <laughs> yeah, they title card a lot of places that we, that don't have any relevance to anyone in the audience. But the one yeah. time we go to a place we've seen before, like, don't want to reference those prequels, internet might yep. get mad. <laughs> And, you know, I, I kind of wonder if there was a little bit of that and that there was also just a little bit of maybe uh, the the directors or screenwriters or whoever uh, kind of wanting it to be like a, a nudge for people who who do recognize it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is a little bit of a fun reference, if you know it. Yeah. They also mention, because, don't they min, don't they say uh, dark? They don't say dark saber. They say black saber. Uh, yeah, they say black saber. <laughs> black saber. And it's like, guys, if you're going to reference EU stuff. Don't do that one. <laughs> oh, well, gonna... um, actually, Black Saber um, is a thing in... Wasn't that a thing in the um, in Rebels recently? Oh, sh- oh crap. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the recent show, so I don't know. E- even uh, so, I still think it's a, a bad choice to <laughs> tie yourself that closely to uh, Dark Saber. Yeah. As I oh, no, said I'm, in the I'm previous sorry. episode, um, the worst expanded universe. Evidently, the evidently, <laughs> it's it's a Mandalorian lightsaber, um, and evidently, it is called the dark saber in Rebels. <laughs> wow! Uh, so they just straight up called it dark saber in Rebels. It's weird how Mandalorian is just an adjective you can attach to things to be yeah. like this is important. <laughs> Uh, the Darksaber was an ancient and unique black-bladed lightsaber created by Tar Vizsla, the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. So, there's that. Huh. Yeah, don't don't reference Darksaber. It's not yeah. good. Yeah, please don't reference Darksaber. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other um, than that, Rebel Rogue One, pretty fun. It's got that yeah. sarcastic android in it. He's great. I loved him. 
he he was the the one character who I was most sad to see die. I was like, not the robot. Uh, also, uh, and also, freaking Ip Man being space uh, space boyfriends. That was yep. so great. Yep, space boyfriends are great. Um, they're they're not. I my 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 true space boyfriend loves are still Finn and Finn and Poe, but that's okay. I can I can have more than one love. I'm mad at Poe for being dead for half of that movie for no goddamn reason. <laughs> he just well, shows, the, shows back up the climax, like, "Hey guys, I wasn't dead." Like, yeah, hey guys, okay. turns out I wasn't dead this whole time. <laughs> why? Why were you pretending to be dead? <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, so <laughs> need to let we, it go. Uh, need to let it go. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think we got all of our all of our Star Wars thoughts out. Um, we've been, this episode is actually going to run a little bit long, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Just but we been... should probably get into some wrap up. Rambling about random Star Wars feelings for a while. <laughs> like I said, I don't have enough people to talk to about Star Wars, clearly. Yeah, so. well, you're, you're, you're always welcome to come back on this show. You're saving my life here, Brian. <laughs> uh, why don't you uh, tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet and what you do? If you would like to find me on the internet, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WormwithY. I'm sure you will want to send me lots of tweets about how wrong I am after listening <laughs> to this. Uh, which is fine. I, that, that's cool. You can do that. Uh but yeah, uh, I occasionally do podcasts and stuff. Um, I will post about it on the Twitter if you'd like to listen to them. Yeah, for some weird and, reason. And I, re- I recommend following Chris if you want to get your uh, get your thoughts. Uh, if you want to get his thoughts about how he is the Doctor Thunder of people. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, follow that me never, for that will never follow me stop for your ang- angry liberal politics and anime memes. Also, <laughs> I, I provide the quality content. Yeah, your pro follow. <laughs> um but yeah and then so for me uh you can find uh me on twitter at wade brian r you can find the podcast on twitter at uh, luke cast that's luke with eight u's or you can just go to expandeduniverse.online uh, which has links to everything including uh the upcoming schedule which uh, as i mentioned earlier in the episode has been changed um so next month's episode so the uh, the, the june episode is now the crystal star or sorry this was the crystal star Next month's episode is Vector Prime. We're doing Crystal Star again, yeah. We're doing the Crystal Star again because we this one this one went so well. Um, <laughs> no, uh, next month is Vector Prime, which is the first book in the New Jedi Order series, written by R. A. Salvatore. Yeah, um, don't let me decide for you. Read for it and dislike it yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have I'll I have sign. some strong opinions about things that happen in that book. And oh, then man. the uh, July. <laughs> Uh, episode is going to be the Revenge of the Sith novelization, which I've referenced multiple times. Uh, but it's coming. It's it's finally happening. Yeah, I found a big collection of uh, a lot of the Star Wars audiobooks, so I've been... I was listening to Shatterpoint. I guess now I'll swap to Vector Prime. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> if if, you, if uh, anyone is uh, interested, like, the Star Wars audiobooks are, like, super high-quality productions. I really mm-hmm. recommend them. They have, yeah, like, they have sound, like, sound effects. effects and stuff. Yeah, they have like the John Williams intro and everything. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna go load up the Vector Prime audiobook to <laughs> try my hand at that one again. But yeah. uh, if you if those are available to you and you don't want to read the them in novel form, I could I could definitely recommend those. Yeah, you already listen to podcasts. Why not listen to an audiobook? Oh yeah, yeah. And I think with that said, there's just one one thing left to say. May the force be with you. May the force be with you, Chris. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs> I guess to remember this thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop.
Okay, I am stopping.